Hey guys, what's up? Adrian here. This is episode 56 of KT Confidential. Before we get into it, just want to give you a heads up. You'll notice a little bit of ways into the podcast. We had to blank out some of the audio. That was just simply to protect the buyer and seller's identity in a particular uh, transaction that we were discussing. But we left the conversation in because it's extremely important and it had some really juicy, valuable information. Uh, both for people looking to sell their house and hire a realtor, and for realtors as well. So uh, enjoy the podcast, episode 56. Before we get into it, hit pause, hit the follow, the like, the subscribe button, and comment. We appreciate your support very much. Thanks again. Enjoy episode 56. We're good. We're good. Thanks for coming in today. Are you starting? Yeah. Welcome. I mean, welcome. Well, I'm wel- welcoming you because you weren't planning to come in today. That's how committed we are. Well, today was supposed to be a quote-unquote work-from-home day, but then I realized I, I really want to get caught up on this course that we're doing, and uh, I was actually going to go to the new library, which is just down the street. I love that place. It's really relaxing. They have the quiet rooms there. I got a lot done when I go there. I'll have to check it out. I haven't been to their, that facility yet. Sure. There's a lot of talk there, though, a lot of controversy about the new, um, I can't remember what they call them, like communal change rooms. Yes, the shared. The shared change room. So it's apparently it's a big room with windows uh, overlooking the pool area. Maybe they were worried about naming it a his and hers uh, change room. I think so. I think Going so. Going back to our closet conversation yes. from last time. But I don't understand the problem with it because they have individual stalls. So you go into the stalls to get changed and the communal area isn't are, for are, changing. Are the stalls from floor to ceiling? Well, that I don't know. If it's like a bathroom stall, I don't think it's appropriate. I think it should be an enclosed right. room, which right. I suspect it is. You got little kids peeking underneath. and Or pervers. Yeah. Yeah, like people walking around with mirrors and shit on their shoe or something. Yeah, that's a good (laughs) point. People do that. Um, Yeah, cameras can can sneak into anything now, right? Yeah, or you get a little drone. You got a camera. You don't have to go in the building. Camera installed in like the heel of your boot and all of a sudden you're just standing in front of the stall. Yeah. Freaking people out now, huh? Yeah, well, a lot of the people complaining are saying, well, you know, uh, joking about old men in the communal area just saying, well, fuck it, I don't want to wait for a stall. So they get naked and walk around with their balls hanging out in this communal area. Right. The comments are quite funny. You should go check it out. Do do old men typically do those kind of things? I think so. Maybe right. some. They, they, don't, they, they don't, don't care. They don't care who sees their balls. They don't care. Right. At that, at that age, why do you care? Right. What's going to happen? Oh, what are you looking at, little girl? That's right. right. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> Anyways, welcome. This is episode 56 Great way to of start episode KT Confidential. Talking about old men's balls. Yes. Welcome. Ariel's looking very festive today in his red uh, is, little was this half an ethical conversation sweater. that we just had? Uh, I think it would pass. Would I it? Yeah. it would qualify. We'll have to ask our teacher. Right. Um, did you have anything you want to talk about today? Yeah, I'm going to, th- I'm just going to. Throw it at you. I'm, I'm okay, you keeping you in the blind. Go. I have some stuff too. Go. Um, a lot of discussion. You uh, pressed record on the cameras, I assume, right? You'll um, find out when uh, when we go to edit it. Okay. 
a lot of discussion right now, especially in the United States, about how real estate is being sold and that the future of real estate and certain companies now, predominantly in the U.S., are focusing on um, online purchasing. So mm-hmm. basically, you can go onto their website and... And we've talked about this idea many years ago, actually, about having that feature available to our potential clients or on our listings, uh, the buy it now kind of feature, right? Um, So there are very big companies with a lot of money uh, backing them that are trying these options. How do you feel about that? And do you think it's ever going to make its way into the Canadian market? So, how would the general public feel for a new it? for a new construction home? I can see it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know why they're not doing it now. Like Mattamy, especially the biggest culprit, makes people line up for days on end, right? Through rain and cold or sweltering heat in the summer, and yep. they make people line up, and it's so chaotic. It's better than it used to be, but it's left to the the public to it organize it. It's a buzz, though. It does. But why not just have some big release online? Click a button, buy it now. Why, yep. like, they would save so much money. The Tesla model almost, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, they'd save a shit ton of money. And it would be easy to organize. People could easily register. So I bought a shoes, a pair of shoes that way. There was a release for Gary V's new shoes. Uh, I think it was his second, second pair of shoes he released. And you go to this website, you register. It tells you where you are in line. And then you you can watch it as it had leads up to the release time as people drop off because they're sick of waiting. Yep. Um, and then you get your opportunity to buy. So would this be applicable though? What's your thoughts on it for resale? Because we don't do a lot of, I mean, we do participate and and cooperate with new home builders in that if they are willing to participate and cooperate with us, uh, we sometimes bring buyers to their showrooms and help facilitate the purchase of a new home. So yes. that does happen with us as well. But actually, that's another another point. It would make that facilitation much easier as well. But um, but on a resale home, the process is a lot different. Yeah, I mean, even on a new home, for certain people, there's certain aspects of it that they want to you know they want to go and see things, although with new homes, there's not a whole lot to see. Um, But with resale, it's like there's so much to see. Um, Now, there may be some people, if it's a hectic market and very competitive, some may just buy it online if that was an option and deal with the conditions after perhaps. But most people want to go into the house. Like they're spending... Okay, so let's assume they do go into the house and they like it. Okay. They go onto the website, click buy now, done. Yeah, I mean, that's why not? Well, here's why not. We just listed first. Well, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Well, I didn't know that. Well, we no. got 7000 for it. Well, there's, let's talk about that after. We'll go into the details because you did a really good job with that, and I want people to know about that. Well, that's part of the reason I think you shouldn't have that buy now option because if you hire the right representation, well, that's the you premise. Are, you are you are counter. Def, you're, you're 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 against everything that 
resale real estate is all about, right. basically, right? Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, a seller might be happy, like maybe my clients would have been happy with, and I don't know, uh, but my job and their wishes are to get as much money as possible for that property, right? Yeah. What do you mean? I'm oh, sorry. You're pulling, an, you're pulling an Adrian. Yeah, pulling, pulling an Adrian, um, getting the first numbers wrong. Yeah, so our our job is to get. I wouldn't have been happy with. No, I definitely can assure not. you of that. Uh, you know, our, our our job is to build a buzz around the property, get people excited, get as many people through the house, and that's, have people fall in love. Have people fall in love, and that's one of the challenges you have with anything online is you're very disconnected. Now, you could do a good job with photos and video. It's not quite the same as uh, the, not the same experiences when they actually go to the house and walk through it right. and it's a big decision so there's the process will be streamlined somehow um, we got to figure out how yes but people will still want to go see the house i agree i think also what will happen so there will have to be some kind of a conditional clause whatever that is even if there are quote unquote no conditions there will have to be a conditional clause because um, it's an online purchase. Mm -hmm. I can't see it being totally unconditional on anything. Um, and statistics show you in retail the rate of returns for products that were purchased online are much greater than the rate of return on product that was purchased in store. Because of the overhead? Or is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. Just the likeliness that somebody that buys something online, they're more likely to return it Oh, sorry, I didn't understand what you're saying. Yeah, well, I know people that will buy four pairs of shoes because they don't right. know which one will fit. Right. So how much profit are they making after they send three back? Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I, I, I see it coming somehow. Well, there's different things that should be done. One, I think the way offers are submitted, we need to change that. I think all offers on a property need to be submitted through an online portal of yep, some sort. I agree. Because then you can actually track legit offers you know red you have to submit all your documents yep. upload Ta them it online needs to be set the time time and date stamp yes. in a portal of some kind yeah and that'll get rid of all this bullshit of people making up you know the uncertainty of whether or not there is another offer that who, exists who mandates that portal is it the broker i would i would think almost as high as the canadian real estate association you know how long it will take to get that i mean i think that would be a great idea but in the meantime because that will take forever I think brokerages should do that. I think, um, let's say we had our own brokerage. You'd have to go to our website, click on the listing, click submit offer, and walks you through the whole process. So that would be yeah, the real then, estate agents doing that. Then the legal side of things, who else has access? If that's your back-end system, if you're KT Just Realty. The realtor. And, huh? Just that realtor. That should be, and you know that should be the only person that has access to the offers. Yeah, well, in some capacity, the current process with submitting the offer summary document, the Form 801. Mm -hmm. Or that could be, maybe that's all you need to submit. Yeah. That works too. I don't know. Something needs to be done for sure. But what topics do you want to chat about today? Well, I thought uh, we we talked about... You're uh, not looking very festive, by the way. I wore my nice red sweater for the holidays and i didn't know it was a thing well it wasn't i was just hoping well, don't give me a hard time i uh, wrote down uh
how that transaction how that train transaction transpired because you did a fantastic job and the end result was phenomenal. Thanks. You usually don't give me credit for anything. You usually don't deserve it, but when you do, I will what let you know. Dick. The um so this so and then, and then yesterday, just to uh to top it off, I we I got I saw this email from another local realtor who sends out a newsletter and he selected that particular particular listing as saying he was surprised at the results. Yeah. So here's the thing. And I mentioned this in my training session with the rest of the team. You have to know when you're listing a property, you have to know the market intimately that you're selling into and the buyer demographics that you are selling to. If you know it, you will prosper. Yes. So I knew in that neighborhood, which is, it's in our neighborhood. It's a desired area. Uh, right now, I think it's probably one of the hot spots in Milton because you've got the newer homes with the newer designs. You know, the homes are new enough that they're kind of broken in, but not broken. Yeah. Um, it's, it's super convenient because it's kind of central now in Milton. You can walk to a lot of things. You've got great parks, good schools, good plazas, all that. So I knew that, and it's the only house of its kind at that time when it, we listed it on the market. It had the finished basement. You see, we know from our experience, especially in this market, we know what buyers are looking for, right? And most buyers want that clean home. That's ready. huge. Even if it's an old home. They want it well-maintained. Even if it's an old they home that doesn't have a lot upgrades. of upgrades. The cleanliness. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. The cleanliness of it is really important. You can have a not-so-upgraded home that shows you way can, better. Sell well, but yeah. we, I mean, we killed it with this, with this sale. Well, and let's go back to the beginning got, of the process, though. Yeah. So these particular clients who happen to be repeat clients... Um, they do absolutely everything we ask of them, right? Yeah, to the point where they were saying, we don't know why we have to do this or we don't think we need to do this to sell, but they did it. They took our advice. Right. They did it. They changed the light fixtures. They removed some furniture. Uh, they painted certain areas that we needed painted. They cleaned it from top to bottom. They cleaned the inside of the fridge, uh, they moved stuff out. They packed stuff away. They did quite a bit of work. They had the time there because we got that process started early. But they dug in a little bit and they did the work. And you know what? Then we come in and we do our job. And we, you know, it's it was staged beautifully. You know, not over the top, but just enough to get somebody to walk in and envision themselves living in there. It was decorated to a point where it's modern but comfortable living um so when you get that and you get the clean home and and i gotta give a shout out to um sparkling green uh, one of the cleaning companies that we use because they they did a nice job on the bathrooms you know bathrooms and kitchens if they're nice and clean um people feel good about purchasing that home because nobody wants to buy a home or even look at a home where the bathroom is gross in any way, shape, or form. No. Um, you know, whether it's little hairs left behind or mold in the shower or, you know, whatever is left behind in a bathroom, um, that is a huge turnoff. So everything was spotless. But what really set it apart is 
I knew there's a few differentiators of that home that nobody else currently on the market was competing with. That's the double wide driveway. So when you have a single car garage, a lot of people have two cars. They don't want to shuffle the cars, especially in the winter. And they did a super job with the exposed aggregate to make it double wide, makes it really easy for parking. But they did it in a way that the curb appeal was still really nice. Yeah, a lot of people, they shortcut it. That's right. Yeah, or yeah. they, you know, they, they cheap out. Yeah. Um, then they finished the basement and they did it in a, in a way that it made it very usable space. And for a 2,000 square foot single detached um, uh, home with a single car garage, your footprint in the basement is not that big. Um, but they made a little, you know, almost like a workshop office area. They made, it's not a legal bedroom, but they had a bed set up in there and a closet, um, so that could be, you know, a very usable space. Then they had a little den area, which they were using for their TV room, but could easily be um, an office or, you know, a kid's play area or whatever. Then they had the rec room, which is great for additional seating. They use it as a large gym because um, everybody in the family pretty much uses it and works out. And then the three-piece bathroom, which was done really well, nice tiling, uh, glass shower. So it just showed super well. And that's the type of home that somebody can go into and not have to spend a cent. Well, something just really important with ba- like finished basements, they generally don't add a ton of value, depending on how they're done. You're going into one of my other topics for today. We're just totally in sync today. No, but you know what my topic was, just to interject right here, is... What I think, and I want to get your opinion on it, what now going into 2020 are items that you're spending money on in and around the house that people value more today than they might have five to 10 years ago. I think basements are one of them. All right, well, let's talk about it, but not yet. So let's just skip forward because we, you know, we do a good job marketing, advertising, all that stuff. your chest, will you? Talk about... Tell everybody about the process from, first of all, we had one showing, one showing, and we got uh, 10 grand over asking, right? A little bit more. Yeah. Not so sure you want to be talking about that, but well, it's, a, it's a firm deal. Uh, anyways, the, uh, the process is that we knew we had a hot commodity. We knew that the uh, seller um, wanted to create a buzz behind it uh, in the sense that they were hoping for multiple offers and I was going to do my damnedest to make that happen. Um, The buyer really wanted the house. They lost out on another home. The agent disclosed that to me, which she probably shouldn't have, that they lost out in multiple offers on another property. And, um, you know, we kind of took advantage of that. Um, And we said, if, if, if you want this home and you don't want to compete, we're fine selling it, even though we didn't set a date to review the offers. Um, but we hadn't let anybody else through the house yet. Uh, we hadn't gone through any open houses. It's, it was literally on the market for a few hours. Um, so would somebody else have paid that or more? You never know. Uh, you never know what somebody's willing to pay, uh, but this was uh, well, what we believe is a fair deal for both sides. The seller and buyer are both very, very happy. So um, it was a it was a good job on our part by negotiating. What um, are some of the mistakes that realtor made? Do you think? 
well, just disclosing facts uh, without going into specific details because I don't think that's respectful. Um, you, you should never disclose uh, anything about anything else except for that deal. Right. Um, and that gave so, you leverage so to she negotiate. Dis- yeah, she disclosed uh, buyer's <clears throat> intention, uh, buyer's um, previous transaction or uh, lack of transaction in that case, a buyer's previous offers on other properties, uh, what they were comparing against, how they compared, uh, things like that. So just too much information. Um, which led me to believe that they would be willing to pay more than um, than we were asking, and they needed to because otherwise we wouldn't have entertained um, the concept of accepting an offer that quickly. Probably, so maybe I'll be about the address because we did say the address. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, you're uh, asking me ridiculous questions. No, that, I think they're very important questions. I'll bleep out the address because I don't want people to know the particular house, but. Um, I think it's really important questions because people need to know when they're hiring somebody how competent they sure, are. Sure, if you want the intimate details, just call me and I'll and I'll tell you exactly what happened. Yeah. But I, I'll I'll respect the other realtor that uh, uh, was in um, uh, the other party because uh, at the end of the day, that person did a good job and uh, got. You're just trying to be nice. So you don't have to. Sign and write another course. No, I, I, I didn't do a very good job. Their client may think they did well, but they client, didn't. Why? Their client's happy. Their client's happy because they don't know any better. Well, if you went in there representing the buyer on the other end, like don't kid yourself. You're just being overly nice. I think it could have been any other agent. I would have handled it the same way. Whether or not the end result is the same, I don't know. But anyways, go on to your next next topic. You're afraid of no. I'm upset that you want to call somebody out uh, on on a on a poor. Job I'm not calling somebody out specifically. Well, We're of. not saying names. I'm going to bleep out the address. These well. are things people want to know. Why and what mistakes are agents making that affect their clients? Well, I answer. It's very important. I think everybody needs to know that. That's the purpose of this fucking podcast. Yeah, but you, anyways, no better option than talking about real life situations. Well, the real life situation is keep your fucking mouth shut when you're presenting an offer on, with your buyer. Exactly. Um, well, why don't we talk about your topic, Mr. Sensitive? Why don't you choose your own listings? Oh, wait, you haven't had one in a while. That's actually not true. <laughs> and I've sold more than you this year. So you really want to talk. We can compete that way. Have you? Yes. I have. Hmm. Not by much, if you have. If you want to get into it, I'd be happy to. So my topic was, what can you do around the house now that adds value to your home inside or outside the house that five to ten years ago wouldn't have added the same type of value? And I believe the basement is one of them. I believe in-ground pools are one of them. And we talked about actually in-ground pools. Um, when was it? Not that long ago. Maybe because of your new listing coming up with an above-ground pool. Pools, I don't. I still don't think they... I think they get people excited, but uh, the money you're putting into it, it's an extremely high cost. Plus landscaping. 
You won't get that back. You can easily spend a hundred grand on a pool and landscaping. You won't get that back. It might get. That so, wasn't. That's not my point. So how, what are you? What are you saying? Five to ten years ago, the percentage that you do get back would have been much less on an in-ground pool than what the percentage you're going to get back now. Okay. And I believe that's because the demand for something like having an in-ground pool in your backyard has increased tremendously. And I also believe the same thing for finished basements. Well, what's changed over the last couple of decades is the affordability. And with that, a lot of people now are looking for multi-family, uh, multi-generational type of homes that can accommodate parents and in-laws and stuff like that. So uh, with regards to basements, that plays a big factor. Like um, if we're selling a house with a basement, <clears throat> finished or unfinished, that doesn't have completely separate access or ease, can't, can't easily accommodate it, without doing a major reno or excavating and adding a back door and underground, whatever, that's a big factor because a lot of people now want to either rent it out um, just to make extra income or they want family down there. So I think that's something nowadays that wasn't as prevalent back then. I think a lot of people don't want to deal with the hassle of finishing the basement. I think they want that move-in ready home more so than ever now. And um, the benefit of having those things in the home already means you don't have to pay for it out of your pocket. You're including it with your purchase, which means most of it, if you're putting 20% down, 80% of it is getting financed in your mortgage. Right. So, so the big thing, though, is doing it properly. Because some people... Oh, for finish- sure. We've talked about that before. The, you can have a... a, a poorly finished basement and it detracts from the value. But I'm talking about a home like our listing that we were speaking of earlier that you'll bleep out the address for. Yes. Um, You know, it was done well, nicely done. What about uh, nowadays um, home tech and stuff like that? That was, and we've talked about that a lot, so I don't want to get into it too much, but um, home automation and things like that. People see the value in that. And not a lot of people are um, spending or some people maybe can't justify spending money on some of those things. So if they're already there, it adds value and they get excited about it. Things stay neutral too, like quartz countertops or granite countertops five to 10 years ago really has the same value in resale as it does today. Yeah. Um, So my point is the, the, the things that change over time based on buyer needs or wants uh, the pool, I think, is a big one. I, I think um, you're not even giving it enough credit, and you don't think it. Adds no, no, a lot I of do. Value. I do agree. I think you know, there's so many people, especially younger families that have younger children um, that they can't afford or don't want to afford a cottage. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, they can't afford as many vacations. Uh, not only do they not want to maybe take the time off or whatever. Um, and then you think about things like kids' birthday parties or just, you know, getting the kids exercised and getting them tired so they go to sleep and sleep through the night kind of thing. You throw them in the pool for a few hours during the summer and, and you're golden, right? Um, so I think that's becoming um, uh, more and more sought after. It is. And I have people all the time saying that uh, they they 
don't want to buy a cottage. Um, it is too much work and it's expensive. Um, and the commute up there every weekend or wherever it happens to be. But um, instead, they want a backyard oasis and that's their getaway. So we are highly considering <clears throat> selling our cottage to purchase a home to e that either has an in-ground pool or the ability to add one at some point. Yeah, because then you save yourself, a, well, you'd save yourself a shit ton of money and time. It's it's different. That That's the balance, though, is that, yeah, uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to throw my fishing boat in my pool and throw some goldfish in there and, you know, like. It's uh, not quite the same, but it's it's also a fraction of the price. Yeah, I, I would debate on both sides of the equation. It, for me, it's not a cost factor. It's not the cost factor because whatever you're spending on the cottage, I guarantee you, and I've said this for the last couple of years, I think the biggest appreciation that we will see in properties in the province of Ontario is for lakefront properties um, because the demand will still be there because the percentage of uh, uh, waterfront um, land um, is very, very small. Um, so the population growth is, is still just going to eat up all of that property. And there are people with a lot of money in, in the province of Ontario that can afford it or that want to afford it. Um, so I think the appreciation that we are going to see, uh, especially if you're within a three-hour driving radius from the GTA, um, is going to be astronomical over the next uh, 10 years. Um, so, you know, you're going to make a huge appreciation on the property, which is going to offset your expenses and you can still rent it out. You know, like I look at some of your family members that are doing the whole Airbnb thing and doing quite well with it. Um, so you've got that aspect of it. But for me, it's sitting in the car and, you know, if I, if I'm going for a weekend or a couple of nights, it's a six hour, seven hour drive, uh, round trip. Uh, which I, if I'm by myself, I actually get a lot of work done. I'm on the phone and I'm making calls and, and doing that. But if I'm with the kids, I'm listening to fucking Boss Baby or Toy Story five times over in the back seat there. And it's, you know, not exactly the most pleasant drive. Um, but with a pool home, you get home from the end of the day. You get yourself a mojito. You sit out back while the kids are splashing around. Yeah, it's you invite nice. their friends over. You know, you get more social. Well, the big thing for me that I see as um, nowhere near it yet, but as the kids get older, and I've seen I have friends where they've benefited from it. If is, they're smoking weed, they're smoking in my backyard. That's right. I love. <laughs> I you know I want the kids. I want to be the cool parents, uh, and I want. Well, you're definitely not the cool parent. Oh, you underestimate me. I want the kids to come to our house, and that way you know where they're at. I think that's a nice feeling. So now with marijuana being legal, yeah. uh, as your daughters turn to the age that, what's the age for? 19, same as 19? Yeah. So once they're 19 and still, hopefully they're still living at home, um, would you be the kind of parent that lets them smoke in your backyard? I don't know. I don't necessarily, I don't think it's a good thing. Well, so of course it's not a good thing. Nothing, so I wouldn't. Like, alcohol isn't a good thing. No, but uh, in moderation, I suppose. I, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. Better start thinking about it. She's almost six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By then, it may not be legal anymore. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Um, anyway, that that I do agree with you. Yeah, the more we talk about it, I do agree. I don't know what that percentage is, though. 
Who knows? What is the percentage? I don't know. I don't know. I think it used to be probably like between 30 and 50 percent. Well, and whereas other, now I think it's more like 70, 80 percent. Yeah. Well, if it's, again, if it's done nicely. Oh, there's a bunch of red cardinals bouncing around out there. Three little birds. Um, and the other thing, too, is just pools have evolved, right? They're probably, I'm guessing they're maybe more affordable, maybe not. And the hey, how they're manufactured and built and we talked about broad loom yeah. remember in the last was it in the last episode i think Anyways, so uh there's an example of something well i guess maybe 20 years ago would have added value to your house right new broad loom yeah you say new carpets now you're actually pulling down the value so yeah. the well, evolution on hardwood yeah. yeah the evolution of um valuation on on things that you can do around the home and upgrade around the home, it's changing. Just like why I finished my uh, garage floors. I think uh, garage storage and and a clean and tidy finished space in the garage is adding a whole lot more value in 2019, 2020 than it would have five to 10 years ago. Well, also because there's not a whole, and especially with a house like yours with a finished basement, there's not a whole lot of storage space. Right. Right. Oh, Closets we have two good storage rooms down there, but let me tell you. Are they full? They are. Yeah, but we're kind of hoarders. Oh. Well, well in general, most uh, houses. We just, just got a lot of stuff. Most houses don't have a ton of storage. So That's true. And there's a lot of things. Well, that, and the garage is a great place to store stuff. Yeah. It's just wasted space otherwise. Right. Yeah. From hanging shit on the walls to little mezzanines up top, but you can store stuff, get it out of the way. What do you keep in your mezzanine? Um... We have our big carrier, roof carrier that we put on the van. That's mm-hmm. always up there. The one that keeps throwing out your the limbs. The one that tore my tendon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think the rest of it is predominantly holiday stuff. Seasonal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christmas, Halloween. Beach stuff and toys. Beach, and, yeah. yeah. Stuff that we don't use often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it saves a ton of room. Works well. And my tire racks are up over the garage. How much stuff do you guys keep? Like, do you, are you sentimental about things? Like with the kids? Certain things. Keep, yeah. But not really. No. No. Just get rid of everything. Yeah. Like maybe the first hat they wore after being born or something. The first outfit they wore. But Probably a better question for Alicia because I don't think you have any clue. I, I don't. <laughs> but no, we don't, we don't keep lots of You all ready for Christmas? Um, for, should I say decorated. holiday season? Because decorated. I celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas. You can say whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm doing my Some shopping. Some people get upset when you say the holiday season or happy holidays or Shmir Merry Christmas. It's Christmas time. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother I get me. I get upset. Nobody when says to me, hap- well, some people do that know that I'm Jewish and, and celebrate Hanukkah, but it doesn't offend me if somebody says Merry Christmas or, you know, doesn't say Happy Hanukkah. No, what would, what what bothers me is if you were to say Happy Hanukkah to me, right. because that's what you celebrate, it would bother me if I was in your shoes, if I got upset at you. Like, oh, I don't celebrate Hanukkah. Don't wish me Happy Hanukkah. Right. You know, like everybody has their thing and you have to respect that. Correct. So are you all ready for? Um, I have to do my uh, Christmas shopping. Hanukkah. Christmas shopping. No Hanukkah shopping for me. I have to do my Christmas shopping. I'm taking Monday off. I'm going to try and get Never most of it done. Never buy me a Hanukkah present, you fucking cheap bastard. How does Hanukkah work? 
You get a present a day, don't you, for a while? Yeah, each family does their own thing. So what we're going to do this year is we put a limit, I think, of... What do we put for the kids? hundred bucks uh, for each of them for Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to get um, one present each day for eight days. hundred bucks a day? No, total. Okay. Okay. So like 12 bucks a day on okay. average. Yeah, and like so I fun bought, little toys. Yeah, so I bought a couple of like $5 things that balanced out to like a couple of the $20 things, right? So I got four things each. Natalie got four things each. And uh, they'll get one little thing every day for eight days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're doing the same thing for ourselves, just with a lesser budget, because we we are still getting and giving uh, Christmas gifts. Um, but you know, every night we uh, we light the candles and say the prayers uh, for Hanukkah. And, Has it started? Uh, when does that start? No, I think it's on the. I don't remember actually. It it it, it overlaps with. With Christmas. Okay. Uh, I want to say 20th? 22nd? I should know this. I'm already prepared, so I already bought... You give me a hard time for not knowing I already bought all my candles and all my gifts and all that stuff, so... um, Do you do most of your shopping online? The 22nd, evening of the 22nd. Do you do most of it online? Uh, This year I've been balanced. I, I... uh, what did I go to Square One for? I actually went to Square One to do some personal shopping. Natalie and I hadn't bought clothes for ourselves in a very long time. And I said, screw it. We're going to take a day each and go to Square One and just buy whatever the hell you want. I mean, within reason, right? Um, so I watched the kids for a day a few weeks ago. Natalie went, did her shopping day. And then on a Saturday where I didn't have to work, I went over to square one early in the morning and literally was there for eight eight or nine hours. Oh, my God. With a lunch break in between. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I yeah. Got some pants, got some shirts. Oh, for yourself. Yes. So in it was supposed to be a personal shopping day, like take a you day and just go shopping, um, which I did. But in that... You know, you're walking around, oh, you know, the kids would really like this or the wife would really like this kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, would you ever hire a personal shopper, like I someone to did. help you? I I've almost did. It. Yeah. I almost did. A stylist to, yes. to help you personal shop. And it's not that expensive. And what I, you know, like I suggested Is it to through Natalie, the mall? I don't know. Uh, like Holt Renfrew, uh, they, they, they consider their salespeople personal right. shoppers, which I think is bullshit. Uh, I'm talking about one that specializes in that to take you around the mall yeah. um, and develop a style for you, talk to you, do a consultation. What do you like to do? What do you like to, how do you like to dress? Can you show me some examples, this and that? And um, so there are a lot out there, just not so many like in, in, in the West End. They're all in Toronto, which makes sense. Sherway has a program. Um, I didn't know that. I haven't been to Sherway in years. Uh, funny you should say that, Nat. Just took the kids to um, to the uh, Santa Claus uh, story time thing that they have there. But anyways, so I wanted to hire one for her. Uh, she was kind of against it, which means that, uh, you know, would look me make me look like a jackass if I did it for myself. So uh, so I didn't. But I think that would be my ringer. Could be our new Kate. And that must be Brad West. It is Brad West. 
That's weird. I can't turn the volume off. Um, so I think if you spend money on a personal shopper, I don't know how much it is. I think maybe five, let's call it 500 bucks for So when I looked, session. which was a few years ago, it was 400 for however many hours. Yeah. So let's just say 500 bucks. I'm sure you could find a, a personal shopper that'll do a decent job for 500 bucks. Yeah. Um, you'll probably save that 500 bucks on the clothes you would have bought that you'll wear once or never. That'll just like those pants I'm trying to get rid of. Although I would have worn did, them if they, they weren't. Did they fit out? No, they didn't fit out. Why? What happened? Too big around the waist or too short on the legs or too I, long? On the I don't know. Well, if it was too long, I guess it. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. You'd be challenged to find somebody that that's going to fit properly without having to make. Well, you can't make many modifications with them. But anyways. No. Anyways. Throw out your pants. You took it to stitch it. That's your problem. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I get what you're saying, though. They would help you buy things that are not going to waste. Because a lot of people probably buy clothes. So have you started your Christmas shopping? That was my question. Are you done? Like I have a list, per se. But I have not purchased Written down anything. list or just in your head? In my head. All right. So you haven't done screw all yet? No. Okay, good. But no. you're taking Monday off? Yes. All right. Yeah, and I'm going to do most of it then. If not, a little bit online before. So, anyways, we'll see how it goes. Uh, how much do you think the average family of four, we both have families of four, how much do you think the average family of four in the Peel-Halton region spends on gifts for their own family, like just the four, not extended family? I get it. Um, four. I would say the average is probably thousand bucks that's it yeah i think so if you're like as a whole as a complete average i would say oh i guess for the four yeah that would be actually yeah like and then how much more would you spend on extended family friends and all that so extended family i don't agree I don't, I don't know i mean i personally what we've done with both of our extended families is well now we used to do secret santa mm-hmm. with each side of the family mm-hmm. which was fun and added that fun element to it and we're all adults we don't need gifts like we can all buy our own stuff and half the time the stuff you get you never use so that was fun and then um after everyone had kids we now just do kids so it's just kids get presents is jen timing us yeah okay she already did the camera thing once but i'm i have the time here so from when grandparents started no just kids up to what age? I haven't reached it yet. I don't know. At least six. <laughs> Five, sorry. Well, I would think kids, you probably do. You see, we're still buying stuff for Natalie's nephews who are like now 19 years old. I'm like. No, I would not do that. What? No, I would think the cutoff's probably around 16 or something like that. Yeah. Like, you're working? All right, you buy your own gifts. Yeah. Unless it's your no, kids. now you buy gifts for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially not your immediate family, personally. Right. To each their own. Are you going to do any uh, cooking yourself around Christmas? I was hoping to have... Uh, you guys are coming to our place or are we going to your place? So next weekend we got a little uh, next trot get together. Well, you said you wanted to cook. I wouldn't mind. So then your house. Okay, let me let me check it with I'm happy to contribute something. I can cook too. Not as well as you, but 
well, we can we can do a joint uh, joint cooking venture. All right, we should get matching KT aprons. I think people maybe on Instagram might want to see us cooking together. All right, we'll do it. Where uh, are your skills in the kitchen? Where are they? Yeah, like what's my specialty? Like what what do you feel confident and comfortable cooking? Anything. I usually if I like I can follow a recipe to a tea. But I don't know. I I like ex- trying different things. I'll give you I access. Can, like you can you can I'm just using your mind say okay, well, I'm going to take those spices with this meat and make a fantastic dinner. I need some sort of guideline, some structure to it, and then I might alter it as I go. And after I've done it once or twice, I don't need the recipe anymore, and I can play around with it. I think you would benefit by taking some of the master classes. Maybe I'll give you access to my master class. I signed class. up for one, but I haven't used it. Which one? Uh, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, it's excellent. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I bought it a long time ago. One, and once you're a member, you can actually upgrade to the full package for not that much more. Oh, my God. My ringer's not even on. I don't know why it's going. It's weird. Or maybe it's just time to upgrade your 18-year-old iPhone. Well, I did just save $2,200 per year on my car insurance. Yep. So that pays for a new phone. Oh, did he just confirm he's getting himself a new phone? No, I just, I'm just giving you what it could pay for. (laughs) But that's a good note for people that shop around for car insurance. My goodness, I was paying... When I got my new car, my rates went up $1,000 a month, a year, for that car, which prompted me to shop around. And now not only is my insurance less on my new car than it was on my old car, my entire, between my two cars, our two cars and our house, we're saving about 200 bucks a month. It's a lot of bread. It's huge. That's about uh, $45,000 on a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Time to move, maybe. You're not going to move. No. No, I won't. But maybe I'll treat myself to something. Does any, Jen, you listen to uh, pretty much every minute of all our podcasts. Have we ever told people why we call Adrian Nancy? I think so. Okay, maybe we'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> I don't mind. I could be known as Nancy. Does Alicia still call you negative Nancy at home? She never, she did it once. That's when she realized why you guys call me Nancy. Oh. And a light bulb went off. I could see it in her eyes. She's like, oh, my God, that's why they call you Nancy. Got it. Because I'm so negative. I'm. It's funny you say that because I'm not negative. I am very optimistic, very positive. Maybe I, I just c- want to see who's listening to the end of this podcast because the last podcast we had to give away quite a few $5 gift cards. Yeah. Uh, because that was an So offer. if you listen to this podcast, shoot me a, a DM or a comment and no, say. No, don't shoot him. Shoot it to the team. Because <laughs> everybody. Well, I don't want everybody to know that you know my nickname, Nancy. Thanks for being here today, Nancy. <laughs>